know, I want to remind you of this. In a pinch, in a pinch, not that I would want to do it, but I, if I had to do it, I could broadcast my nationally syndicated radio show all over the country in real time from my car. I have everything I need, power outlets, Wi-Fi. I could set up the microphones, and from my vehicle, I could broadcast a nationally syndicated radio show Yet Arizona can't manage to count a bunch of ballots uh, in less than a, a year and a half. What's up? This is Marquez Saves the Republic. You know, there's a lot of questions about uh, what's going on in Arizona, what's going on in Nevada, all these, all these uh, counts that are taking so long. And, you know, it's really, it is frustrating. It's frustrating for me, and I don't even live in Arizona. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I don't live in Arizona. I know, like, two people who do. I don't broad, I mean, we don't, we're not on any affiliate radio stations in Arizona. There's a bunch of people I know who download my podcast out in that part of the country, and we appreciate that. Uh, I know a lot of people watch us on Newsmax in, in all 50 states, so we appreciate that. But I'll just say this. It doesn't necessarily directly, directly affect me um, at the moment. But even I'm frustrated. I can imagine how Arizonans are, people who went out on Tuesday. I mean, it's now Friday, and we're no closer than we were um, on election night. It was <clears throat> Tuesday, the uh, the 8th was election day. People went out, they woke up early, they took their ballots down to their polling station, they handed them in, they said, here we go. I want this person to be governor. I want this person to be our next state senator. And now you're looking at going into the weekend without any clue who's leading this thing. Um, it's really, it's really gotta be a business. And for the candidates, I don't know how they're keeping their cool. And I hope to God. And I know that, I know that things have gotten better. I know that in the last couple of years, ever since 2020, there's more Republicans who are volunteering and that's fantastic news. I know that there's more bipartisan uh, monitoring of every election center around the country. And I think that's positive news too. I know that one of the reasons we're having this very lengthy process is because apparently security has been beefed up. Although, I don't know about I don't know about that one. And I just hope to God that for the sake of Arizona and for the sake of the country, this thing goes the way it's supposed to go. If it doesn't, then that's going to be not another it, it's going to be an <coughs> pardon me, it's going to be another blight on the election process in this country and it's going to be another thing that uh is going to give fuel to the election deniers. And if you give fuel to election deniers, then you give fuel to the people who call them extremists. If you give fuel to the people who say this is not a fair system, you give fuel to the people that say, well, these people are obviously crazy conspiracy theorists, QAnon folks, and they, they can't be trusted, um, nor can they be elected to, to hold public office. And that's where we are right now. And it's, very fr and it's frustrating, like I said to me, way over in Florida. I'm in Florida. I know who my governor is. I know who my senators are. I know that this is about the reddest state ever. And I know that my elections are free and fair and secure and safe and have been, uh, have been figured out and tabulated in an expedient fashion. It's Florida. It's like the best place in the world now for all those reasons. But the rest of the country hasn't yet caught up. And you can blame, of course, the secretary of state. Now, in, uh, in the state of Florida, the free state of Florida, the Secretary of State, a guy we know, Cord Burden. In fact, we interviewed him, gosh, just, a, I want to say last week we interviewed him. He came in, we talked about the elections, we talked about the potential problems, we talked about what was going to be going on and whatnot. And, uh, and one very important, <clears throat> pardon me, I don't know what's going on today. One very big difference between Florida and Arizona, when you're looking at this, is that the Secretary of State in Florida is appointed by the governor. The governor says, you know, just like the secretary of state of the country, it's appointed by the person in charge. So Cord Bird, 
a uh, is appointed by a Republican governor, and they work together to make sure that the state is run in a proper fashion. The elections are done in a proper fashion, and and the result is well, you saw in Arizona the Secretary of State is elected, and Katie Hobbs is a Democrat who was elected. Uh, the governor of the state is Doug Ducey, who is a Republican, quote unquote. And I think that's where you get a lot of problems because this is an elected position and not appointed. You don't have the same kind of, you know, you're, you don't have a, a political operative or somebody who knows what the job entails picking somebody that they trust. You have somebody running for office or running for this position. And in a lot of times you don't get the right person. You don't get a quality candidate. Also in Arizona, you're starting to see the the problems you have when you have two-party rule. For example, Doug Ducey is the governor, and like I said, he's a Republican. But according to Arizona's state statutes or whatever, if something happens to the governor, the secretary of state becomes the governor. And the secretary of state is a, is a Democrat. She was elected as a Democrat. She serves as a Democrat. And that could change the entire balance of power in the state of Arizona if something happens to Doug Ducey. Also, the secretary of state is in charge of the elections. And now that she's running for governor, it just seems like an issue that she can be in charge of her own election because she refuses to recuse herself, much like a judge would recuse themselves uh, themselves in a, in a situation where maybe there was a conflict of interest, much like Jeff Sessions, for some idiotic reason, recused himself from the first impeachment of Donald Trump. For all of these reasons, you think that the secretary of state who's in charge of the elections would say, I'm not going to run this election because I'm running in this election. But that's not how... That's not how Democrats think. They think whatever I can do to shift the balance of power toward me, I'm going to do. So you have a, uh, a woman who's not in line with the state, not in line with the, 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 the governor, not in line with, you know, uh, some what the people think, who was elected to this position, who's now overseeing her own election against somebody that she's called crazy and an extremist and a conspiracy theorist. And that is something that in Arizona, again, you think hopefully this thing falls the way it should. Um, but, and if it does, hopefully that's the, you know, that's the number one thing that's got to be fixed. You got to look at these things and say, there's a problem. I also say this, and I don't know, you know, and people will disagree with me, but I believe wholeheartedly that if you give somebody power, you've also got to equip them with the tools they need to make sure that they can use that power effectively. For example, I'll give, I'll give it here in Florida. Ron DeSantis is a Republican governor. Every other statewide office is held by a Republican. The Senate here in, the, uh, in Florida, in the Congress, they're all, the House is, is uh, Republican. So Ron DeSantis has now all the tools at his disposal for the next four years or whatever, two years, I don't know how long he's going to be here. Uh, for the next however many years he's here, he's got everything he needs in place so that he can do the job effectively. And there's nobody going to be building up walls or putting up speed bumps or anything like that. What you're seeing in Arizona is, You've got people of different parties bickering with each other and fighting against each other. And I never understand how that happens. I never understand why people do that. It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, you know, New Hampshire is another great example. In New Hampshire, they elected overwhelmingly Chris Sununu, the very popular Republican governor. Yet Maggie Hassan was reelected as the Democrat going to the Senate. And I don't understand how in a state like New Hampshire, you can say this guy is a Republican. He's doing a bang up job. We want him overwhelmingly by double digits to be our governor. But we don't think that the person from the same party with the decorated military background who's from New Hampshire and has been, you know, a loyal servant. We don't think that that guy's the guy. In fact, he was endorsed by Governor Sununu. 
And they, for whatever reason, they didn't believe it. They said, you know what? I love Governor Sununu. I think he's great for New Hampshire, except in this one thing where he says this guy should be the senator. That doesn't make any sense. So it makes you wonder why, why is it that people in New Hampshire are so split? And also, isn't that a detriment to them uh, in the long run? And I believe it is. I believe if you give somebody like a governor or, or, you know, a president, that's another great example. If you go vote for Donald Trump or if you go vote for whoever your president is, why not support them by giving them a Senate and a House that will effectively work for their agenda? The Democrats do that all the time. The Republicans have problems with it. Also, we have some really bad Republicans, man. We got some really crappy ones. And they all happen to be in leadership right now because they're old as the hills. Keep in mind, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, they have their counterparts. And Mitch McConnell is one of them. Mitch McConnell is, I mean, it, it, it is a failure to everything the Republicans have been working toward for a very long time. And I think, I think Mitch McConnell enjoys being in the minority. I think what happened was... Uh, Mitch McConnell got Donald Trump's endorsement. He cruised to victory in Kentucky. He became the the um, the majority leader for two years, then the minority leader after the Senate shifted. And now if the if the Senate shifts back, I believe there will be some kind of battle for the majority leadership because Mitch McConnell is not the greatest man for the job. If it doesn't, God forbid, if uh, Nevada goes to the Democrats, if Arizona goes to the Democrats and if Herschel Walker wins or doesn't win, it doesn't matter. It's still going to be a 50-50 split and the, the Democrats will hold the Senate. And if that happens, Mitch McConnell has to go. But I think, you know, being minority leader, it's a lot easier. You don't have to lead as much. You can just be a blockade. You get all the power and prestige. And, uh, and I, think that that's a, I think that's a detriment to what we're trying to accomplish here um, as Americans. So here's what we're looking at going forward. Hopefully, Carrie Lake wins this thing. And that's what the projection is still based on the ballots that are, that are coming around. If that happens, Arizona will clean up its act. That's number one on the docket. She's going to clean up their act. If not, you're in for like election after election after election with this same horrible cycle. And the reason they slow roll it, the reason they do it this way is because it's more beneficial for them. Nobody likes a decisive conservative victory on day one. It, look at what happened in Florida. Decisive conservative victory within hours of the polls closing. Ron DeSantis, Marco Rubio, they were all called within hours of the polls closing. They will be here for a very long time. Florida will be a red state for a very long time. They don't want that to happen in Arizona. They don't want it to happen in, in Nevada. They don't want it to happen in these other states. They like the slow roll. They like the ability to maneuver the information and wear people down. And uh, as Carrie Lake said, throw cold water on the movement. If these, if these ballots all fall the way they're supposed to fall, if these ballots all come into line, uh, the way they're supposed to come into line when they're all finally counted, which God knows when that's going to be, uh, you should have a Republican governor in Arizona. You may or may not have a Republican senator. If you do, if you have a Republican senator in Nevada, great. The uh, The Senate changes hands and everything's hunky-dory and Georgia's just the icing on the cake. But if not, uh, Georgia's going to be a battlefield once again. So we're all watching this. But no, this is by design too. The Democrats don't like efficiency. They like chaos uh, because it works for them. In the end. Anyway, we'll have more on this coming up on the uh, Marque show at today at noon. And thank you so much for joining us. I had, I'm going to preemptively assume you're going to be watching or listening. So uh, thank you for that. And then, of course, uh, don't forget Newsmax TV. We have a very special show tomorrow on Saturday, uh, 7 p.m. Newsmax TV. We're going to be doing uh, all the stuff from the week. And I have a lot of footage uh, uh, kind of back behind the scenes from the election night victory party we attended and hosted for uh, Congresswoman Kat Kamak. 
in Florida's third district. So if you haven't, if you know, if you heard us talk about it, maybe you watch some of the stream. We have the entire recap on Newsmax tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern. We hope you join us for that. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening to Marquee Saves the Republic. Be sure to share this. Be sure to, to, to download it every day. Subscribe so it automatically gets downloaded and share it with everybody you know, because we got a long way to go before we know who's in control of this country. And then we've got an even longer battle ahead as we all work diligently to try and save the Republic.